The question which I, I shared with you, Rachel, the other day, I don't know if you sent it around everyone else, but it was fairly straightforward, um, is just what, what is your relationship to the studio? And then within that context, um, you know, how's your practice or relationship to the studio been impacted through 2020? Uh, has your practice changed in the time leading up to last March? Um, and, you know, what, what has having access to the studio or having had access to the studio in that time meant to you, you know, because there's a lot of studios that have had to, you know, they're part of wider complexes, so they've not had the same control as well that Hazelhurst has had on, on, on your space. Um, and they've not been able to access when they maybe should have been able to access. Right, I'll, I'll go around um, clockwise, just what's on my screen, and I'll, I'll start with you, Rachel, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, my relationship with the studio is, is kind of one of um, a, a separate space for my other work. Uh, a space for me to be able to be creative and um, develop my art practice um, away from home, away from my office at work, um, and just have that space that's that's for me and my artwork, really. Um, I don't always get to use it that way. It has some time turned into a little bit of a, uh, uh, a space for paperwork rather than artwork, let's say. Um, but it is still really important um, a little little area for me to develop that kind of practice and, and just work away on creative things. Um, it in relation to uh, the 2020 and everything that's been going on with COVID, it probably has impacted where I would have gone because I've not been able to access my sewing machines and things as much as I would have normally have done, which is what I would usually be away on a sewing machine. Um, and I've probably gone down a lot more hand um, hand embroidery and um, actually digital art um, a lot more than I would have done, um, which has been very interesting. Have there been positives to that? Because obviously hand embroidery, yes, it takes a lot longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, have, have there been positives to you know, for, for you? Has it sort of opened up new routes? There has, because it, it actually enabled me to um, delve down cyanotype and in hand embroidery. So I very, very briefly sort of looked at it before lockdown sort of kicked in. And then um, we, we, we were able to have a little, a little fund to, as a collective to pay for some equipment for stuff that we wanted to develop and, and practice and stuff. And with that, I bought some UV lights and cyanotype equipment um, and I was able to then combine that hand embroidery um, with the cyanotype, whereas I think if I had my sewing machine, I probably would have gone down a different route than that because I would have been looking at that. So it's enabled me to go down a completely new printing technique that I've never really done it before, which has been really interesting and has developed my digital art, which is then fed into my embroidery. So it's kind of made a nice sort of circle of development that I probably wouldn't have done if it hadn't been for lockdown. Yeah. How, how have you how have you managed it then in terms of you know the, the really boring question but you know the covid safety of it how's that because I, i'm sure there are still studios that would benefit from a bit of yeah experience um so we we limited our, um, access for anybody who isn't a resident artist so we would normally have um associate access as well so which we've 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 not allowed 
Um, so it just limited the numbers to people who had their own studio spaces. Um, we have anybody who has their own studio space, so we have little separate areas rather than a big open plan. Anybody who has their own studio, it's been a case of you, you man your own cleaning and you, and you keep your own space and nobody really goes into those spaces. If you share a space that you could create a timetable so that you're not in the space at the same time and you, and you man the cleaning between the two of you. And the communal areas, there is a strict case of you use, you clean, and then, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and reduce numbers within the, the building at one time. And if there's a certain level, we open up ventilation and making sure windows are open for if people yeah. are in the same room at the same time and things like that. Uh, and mask wearing in communal areas as well, so that, you know, there's no, no um, and that sort of point of view. But we're, we're quite lucky that we were able to basically shut up shop and that only resident artists could access. Um, yeah. And it, it, it did mean that those sort of safety concerns were a little bit easier to manage because we were dealing with limited number of people. I just yeah. add that we, we, we all now make sure that we're tested for COVID because we're fortunate <laughs> to have a centre in, in Runcorn that allows us to do that. And really that's your passport to get you through the door now if you're COVID free. Um, yeah, and the other thing around. was in the Hazelhurst group that we've got, we were able to communicate with each other and say, are you going in or is someone else in? And then work out from that, you know, when was a good time for you individually to go in. And that, that's been a big help, I think. Right, I'll, I'll, move, I'll move on to Maria, just... Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I found um, really the studio was a dream come true for me because I, I wanted to go to art college, but my dad had other ideas. And I've waited this long to, to actually get um, this sort of, place to do my work it's a place of creativity it's a place for me to maintain my sanity especially in the lockdown because I just get a bit restless and I also think it's a place for reflection and experimentation mm. and, and one of the reasons I never wanted to work at home on my own was that you don't get that shared um, the sharing of skills and opportunities to discuss work uh, with, you know that would be missing if I'd worked at home all the time and I really benefit from other people bouncing ideas off me or just saying what you're doing that for you know it gives you a chance to think about well, yeah, why am I doing that it's interesting because we've got one of the festival artists is doing a PhD currently on um, women artists and what she's terming as ad hoc paint ad hoc painting um, <laughs> as in paint, painting between jobs and painting between roles and sort of and, and maintaining that relationship with art in an informal way but taking it seriously through your whole life and kind of maybe maybe dedicating more to it to it later I don't, when did you actually take that step and decide decide that it was maybe not that important what your dad thought of where you oh, went well um, one of five you sort of do as you told at some point because you're on the <laughs> i always kept a sketchbook going and then i would take classes wherever i could but I was fortunate to be in the teaching profession where you could do art in lots of ways. Uh, and that was a very subversive way of getting other people to do it and enjoy it or and to satisfy my need to do it, if you like. And uh, I worked in Liverpool and that seemed to work incredibly well with the children that I worked with. And then um, they got over the shock of making a mess and all that kind of thing. So I enjoyed that. And then uh, I spoke to a colleague and I, we, we, I started the City and Gills programme. So I did that part time for four years because I thought when I finish work, what am I going to do and how can I prove that I'm qualified to do these things? Uh, so that's really was part of the process of getting the qualification to say, look, yes, I can do this now. 
and I've got the paper to prove it. Uh, and that gave me confidence to sort of branch out and start doing different workshops and stuff from the studio, if you like. I'll move on to Cathy, just, um, yeah, just while we're here. Um, sorry, go on, Cathy. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that because I live about 12 miles from the studio, um, when it's been proper lockdown, it's been a bit difficult because it warrant, you know, warranting going, driving that distance. Um, mm. Because I started going back again in September when things eased up, and then lockdown came in January again, and that's um, sort. Of, I felt it sort of stopped me going in. And what I've really missed is we've got a printing press at the studio, and since we've had the studio, my work's really developed into print. That's the direction I've taken. Yeah. And so without the press, I couldn't do etching. There's so many things I couldn't do. I've got at home a little book binding um, press, so I've been making lino cuts, like A5 size lino cuts. Which has been quite interesting because it's sort of when you're limited you're perhaps creative but there's so many things i'd like to do that i can't because i'm not in um and i do miss the sort of the talk and the the ideas and the all that goes on in the studio i've got another thing that's uh, for cutting shapes out which i use but this is um it's a really really heavy book you know old-fashioned yeah. which is absolutely brilliant and i'm sort of experimenting with putting longer boards in and seeing how much pressure that can get on the lens. Okay. Um, but it's still, but also things like, you know, etching with chemicals and, and things like that, you can't really do that in the kitchen. Whereas you feel a bit safer doing that in a studio environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, just, you, you just reminded me, Cathy, that, that I'd blocked out from my memory that, that Witness Library has a book press that like that, like you're talking about, but they use it as a doorstop. <laughs> I might go and try and rescue it, see if it's still there. Fabulous. Um, uh, Ellie, um, you're, you're on mute currently, but um, I'll, I'll move on to Um. So I, I came here about four years ago. I was still at college at the time. Um, I was gobsmacked, to be honest, because I live in Runcorn and I'd never heard of it before. So... I came here to interview somebody, an artist here for um, a project I was doing at college. And it just so happened that there was a space available. So I took it off, off their hands. Oh. And um, <laughs> I was in college still for the first two years. So I think I was, I was using it to work, but it was also a bit of a storage unit to be honest. Yeah. But um, I went to uni and I picked a uni that was quite far away and I was driving in every day. And um, long story short, it didn't really work out, but I thought if I didn't have this space, I don't think I would have had the courage to walk away and actually say, you know, I've got an idea in my mind and I want to do this. So that sort of came into place and just kept working really. And slowly the commissions started coming in and things were picking up. And with the lockdown, it was sort of, I hate to say it, but it was sort of stress that spurred me on because I didn't know in March last year if they were going to keep me on at work. I didn't know if I'd be out of a job. And anyway, yeah. in the end, um, I did I did end up leaving work and I took everything home, everything that was in here, the entire place got emptied. Hmm. And in those three months that I was out of work, by the time I ended up coming back to the studio in July, I had enough work under my belt to start a business. So I made prints of my work from there and I've been selling them from there. So in some senses, it was painful, but it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, really. 
Yeah. Because it all worked out for the best in the end. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can take the worst circumstances, can't it, to just kind of force you into that position that you've got to make one idea work. Yeah, that was the thing. It was having that time finally to actually say, this is what I've got, I want to do and I'm going to use this opportunity to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds as well, I think it, it's a really good example of the value of studios to people because it's not just the space, is it? It's that, mm -hmm. it's the ability to, to actually produce and to develop in a way that I guess, like, I, I, correct me if I'm misinterpreting it, but um, it sounds like you're sort of saying you, you developed far more as a result of the studio within your own practice than you did as a result of college or... or yeah. That. So, so the, you know, that, that the studio is played that role of, of development that ordinarily for, for, for most artists would be university. And I guess in a really blunt way, probably far better value because you don't have a 23 grand loan over your head. Well, this is the thing. I mean, it sounds terrible to say it's because of this place that I dropped out of uni, but yeah. it was just, it was that sort of sense of, I was paying a lot of money for something that I already have, which was the studio space. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a sense, of, and I think I was getting into the habit as well of using education as a sort of security blanket yeah. instead of actually going out and doing exactly what I wanted to do because it felt like too much of a risk at the time. Yeah. But it was just that feeling of, no, I've got this, I'm going to use it yeah. to the best of my abilities. Yeah. Of all, of all of the stories I've heard doing the studios, I think that's probably... The, the best use of lockdown that I've heard so far. <laughs> so, um, well done. Um, yeah. um, on that, I'll move on to um, Alison. Right? Hi. Hi, Alison. Hi. Um, well, um, very much like everybody else, the, the reason that I originally joined the studio was for uh, the mixing with other artists and that shared experience. I uh, finished doing some courses uh, at university and then uh, I was fortunate enough to have a space at home, a studio at home that I could work in. And that was fine to a point, but it was just felt so isolated. So when the opportunity came up to join Hazelhurst, it was just perfect, really. And uh, that to me has been one of the most important, that sharing of ideas and um, just being in a communal space. Um, I spent a lot of the first years at Hazelhurst um, having to travel abroad and travel. And then when I was home and I could come into the studio and was full time, it's like a sort of a lifeline, really, a sanctuary, just to top up my uh, my need for my um, creativity. Um, and then last year, when my husband retired, then I started coming in. That was the year before last. I started coming in a lot more. Now, fortunately for me, my experience last year was that I have ended up shielding. So I couldn't physically get into the studio as much as I would like. But um, I was lucky enough to have space at home that I could continue to work. But what has been really, really important to me was the continued contact with people at the studio. Um, you know, through the Zoom meetings and just things going on, the draw on Halton and... Uh, yeah, you still kind of felt that you were in touch.
a lot of people have had such a challenge of of not only not having access to space but not having access to people to talk to so i think like you say even though you were shielded not able to access it's lovely that you've had the chance to engage with 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 you you know with your peers with everyone else who is there at the studio claire um i will move on to you and your bit <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the, stu the studio has been essential for me. There's there's no way that I could work from home with my stuff, um, and I don't want to either. <laughs> um, when when I came to the studio, I was still a full time carer for my mum, so the studio became an escape from that way of life. Um, and unfortunately, she's passed away since then, um, and. Lockdown would have been a very similar circumstance to my life before I had the studio where you were just in isolation all the time. And that just wasn't something that I was prepared to do again. Um, and having the luxury of a studio is something that you can't really let go of once you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, on, in, on Instagram recently, I shared a picture of what it's like a video after work from home, which involves a shopping basket. And then on top of the shopping basket is a box. And on top of the box then is my laptop. And that's my table at home. <laughs> um, and, and that's that's quite fine when you're just doing an admin day and paperwork day, but it's just not it nothing can compare to having the space of a studio where you've got the luxury of your own space, but having the community room to work bigger, the people to talk to and um bounce ideas around. The, you can't you can't compare to that. And I would say, like from the COVID point of view, if you're self-employed and you rely on your self-employed earnings, you don't have the luxury of stopping. So there was no stopping when the pandemic hit. It was, how do you do things differently? And what do you do next? So I would say myself and Rachel in particular, we took on the baton from the funding side of things and looking how we could support studio from that way, from a selfish point of view, because it's for us as well. But also, as Alison pointed out, the studio is important to us all and keeping it running um, means a lot. But that meant a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of learning new things. When people were wanting workshops and reaching out for local artists to provide this this gap that people needed with, via Zoom, we had no idea what we were doing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we were like, how do how do if you don't like being in front of the camera and stuff, which I don't, how do you work out these camera angles that you can still do something but not feel like you look like a weird potato on screen? <laughs> So, and we got approached um, from various different organizations, from libraries, me, because I'm a member of the Women's Institute, I did a few um, online, like, step-by-step -step tutorials, then we did some for the library. Um, Rachel was brave, and she'd done straight-to-camera stuff talking, but didn't necessarily like that, so we tried to find a way of merging those two together when we were asked to do some um, CPD stuff for local um, school network, Halton Primary Art Network. So we did a combination of that, but Rachel took the baton and done the front of camera stuff and I was the weird assistant. Um, but that was done and we uploaded that onto YouTube, but then we had no interaction from the teachers. And then we were like, oh, we just thought, we thought that we'd got it then. We thought that would work, but then we're out the Zoom aspect of the talking thing. We, were, we got no feedback and we learned a lot doing that. I'll move on to um, Cliff, if that's all right. Yeah, <coughs> that's fine. Uh, I've had a I've had a practice for over twenty years now uh, with no uh, kind of um, 
training or academic background. So at a certain point, I thought I'd better go off and get my certificates um, and was told, go off and do a master's. So uh, my first introduction to um, to this kind of thing was uh, doing a master's in Preston, which I, which I enjoyed. And so that eventually threw me in, into doing a PhD, in, which I'm doing at the moment at Chester. Um, so I, I draw um, and I'm interested in <clears throat> in why we draw and what drawing's all about. Um, and at the moment, I'm exploring the notion of drawing as a, as a human behavior that allows us to kind of inhabit the world in, in, uh, in geographical and uh, emotional and psychological uh, terms, really. So the, so the, the studio to me is a space uh, which I fill up because I'd, I'd worked at home. I'd filled up my front room. I'd filled up my garage. I'd filled up the summer house with stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, um, and the timing of starting a PhD and uh, the offer of a space in the studio um, was good because it meant I had another space to fill up with stuff um, and pretend to make art in um, and draw in. Um, but most of the time I found I, I work actually outside. I work in in places and that it being in the place is really important and walking around and moving around in the place is really important. Um, but I was producing work in North Wales um, and on the beach and up in the mountains there. And also there's a really interesting space just at the back of the studio, which is um, kind of a supporting wall to the, to the, to the um, Bridgewater Canal that passes passes by it's and it's a car park and you see it all the time and it's nothing and then one day you think wow that's a really interesting space which with these bayed off these sections of bays so ideas of making that into a, a gallery or whatever so I started drawing those in a very detailed way uh, and then drawing them with zebras in and drawing them with cars and then drawing them with princesses in um, <clears throat> and then Covid came um, and uh, it slowed me down. I was, I'm already slow, but it slowed me down immensely. Um, but what it also did was uh, took away my places. I didn't want COVID to become a kind of a, a negative entity, if you like. It's negative enough, but I, having it inf infect my work as well in a negative sense. Well, while you're off mute, I'll move on to you. Um, okay, bye. thank you. Um, well, I started off as an associate at the studio and then um, for some reason Claire felt that she'd be quite happy to share a studio space with me so I was very lucky about <laughs> that. Um, another hat of mine is a holistic therapist so my artwork tends to be an extension of that. Um, so I like to paint mandalas and um, energy and circles and all things circular preferably. I, I'm a bit obsessed with circles. Um, so it's it's kind of a two-pronged thing. One of it is part of my work, and the other prong is actually it's time for me because I'm also mum and part-time job and wife and everything else. So it's actually a really, really vital lifeline for me as well to be able to have this space to myself and do artwork there. Um, as far as the studio, like, as part of my life, it is actually an absolute, it's invaluable resource, really, because it's you've just got all the like-minded people. Every time I see people, I get new ideas. It's inspirational. Um, I'm actually working on a really uh, easy, small 
piece of work at the moment. I'm, do, I'm actually working on uh, watercolours for a oracle deck for cards. Okay. So um, when COVID struck, I actually went down to the studio and got all my stuff because it was something that I could do at home. Um, I haven't done any of it. <laughs> so <laughs> we sort of, you know, we say, oh, we, we can do this at home, we'll work from home. But it just seems that mm. once I've moved my artwork out of the house, it's just kind of closed in around it. And, and there's just kind of, you know, without that space. But when I come down to the studio, um, the amount of headspace I get and the amount of, like I said, inspiration and um, collaboration, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I just find, and I get so much done, um, so much done in a really short amount of time because it's a concentrated time. It's why you're there. Yeah. And, you know, you yeah. can't do the washing up if you're sitting in the studio. <laughs> yeah. How, how have you found sort of um, holistic, holistic therapy this year? Have you managed to do any, any of that side of things with, with other people? No. No. Really. Yeah. It, it's just been shut down. Um, I'm a counsellor. I'm, I'm a newly qualified counsellor. So that has been, it's been possible for some of that to continue. Yeah. massively restricted but where it's things like healing and meditation meditation we've we've put online that's gone onto zoom yeah. meditation group but again because of the stress of it yeah. we've kept it very closed so it's kind of supportive as well so it's impacted from the point of view of no new members or anything like that because it's yeah. it's been a safe space for everybody yeah it's been I, i've spoken to a few um art therapists and holistic therapists i think there's this the last few weeks and I think uh it's really apparent that there's this whole you know in, in a time where everybody needs that most <laughs> that yeah. it's one of the hardest things to facilitate um and partly that's because of the quality of the experience you get online I guess it isn't the same as in in person and it's one of those it's one of those mediums where it is really really impacted Yeah, because even just things like we we had some, we were hoping last year to do some community artwork in the in the garden and things like that. And, you know, and there's a real, um, there's a real coming together with that as well. And a collaborative, again, that collaboration. And yeah, you just can't do it. And the, there is a place for it online. So the other way is that actually my reach has got a lot further. So there's some, there's a monthly workshop I do as well. So I've got people coming to that from all over the country. And I've reached as far as Norway, but so so it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword. But the the real element of, we'll say, healing or something, you know, you can't and counselling with masks on, you know, you're trying to read other people's emotions. Yeah. I'll I'll move on anyway um, to Nick just because we're, we're we're nearing the hour point, and I think um, once once the podcast gets over an hour, um, we're, we're in dangerous territory. Okay. Um, Sorry, you're right. Nick. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Just planning a lesson for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, relationship with the studio, yeah, it is kind of a, a, a home from home almost. Um, I think some of the other studio members have just, you know, highlighted the fact that it's it's become um, just a space where you can. It's just like a like a like a big bedroom or a garage, or sometimes where you can just go there and have that equipment available all the time um the way the work's changed as well i mean obviously i've, I've started teaching a few years ago full-time so that's really changed my timetable and again just in in terms of 2020 
um, and the COVID and everything, it, it, it does work. You work. My work has changed. Um, I've not been walking around taking pictures of people in the street, just be, just out of kind of respecting people's privacy. And that's I, I initially thought I would be. It'll be a great to document um, COVID and the impact on its people. And the whole kind of photography scene, documentary scene is quite interesting. It's quite devoid of any of that imagery. Mm. And I, I, I envisioned myself creeping around Manchester in the evening, mm. photographing people from, you know, from vantage points and things. And I haven't done any of it, to be honest. Mm. I haven't taken a picture of one person with a mask on. Because mm. um, I, I, I just didn't think it was my place to do that. And kind of, it's, it, and, that, and that surprised me. Um, so... I've got. I've, I've developed. I've, I've started doing more, 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 more sewing, more writing, more drawing, um, and and more digital stuff as well. And think of trying to make connections between people who are kind of at, at, at forced to be at distances from each other. So, I mean, there was a nice, a really nice project I saw, and it was photographing kids um, in the prom dresses and stuff like that who wouldn't, who, who couldn't, didn't get to the school prom. Yeah. But had this kind of indiv these individual ceremonies in the backyards and things like that. So I think it's that looking back into those, you know, those small those family situations. Um, and I've been documenting my families and stuff like that. Um, and that's again, it's turned inwards rather than looking outwards at other people how they're being affected. Yeah. Um, and you think you're doing all right, and you know, but it's those little things that you will look back on in a, you know in years to go, and you think, yeah, that was a bit odd. Um, yeah. yeah, and. Obviously, I've just got, I'm still, we re went back to school on the 8th, back to college on the 8th, so I've got access to my dart room and everything now, so, um, yeah. in my creative arts building, so that's that's one thing that's that's been yeah. so a are good reason. Are you, are you in the uh, staff room currently? Yeah, I'm in staff room now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a staff room vibe behind you. <laughs> in the, in the but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was sorry. That was just sort of, I think slightly unrelated to your practice, I guess. But I, I kind of intrigued as to how that's worked for you. Because are you have you working every time between the lockdowns and I guess occasionally in some of the lockdowns? Yeah. So throughout the lockdown, constantly, I see my studio has been my classroom. Um, so I've been delivering online classes. So even if I've been there, and again, it's been great because I can I can between lessons. I can get the sewing machines out, or I'm processing film and stuff like that. So it's it's been pretty active and pretty running back and to, but that's, you know, it's been quite a productive time to be honest. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, kind of, you know, and obviously that's fed into my own work as well. And, and um, yeah. especially in terms of like, you know, looking at what, what access people have got to technology as well. That's been a really big eye opener yeah. um, for a lot of people. So um. it's interesting. <laughs> and it's kind of educated a lot of those people without them really knowing about it. And you think yeah. next time a grown-up sees a QR code, you'll know what <laughs> to do with one. And yeah. yeah, and then you think like it opens up things like augmented reality and stuff like that. Then yeah, because maybe these some of these been some of these barriers in the past with different different demographics about engaging. But you could you know it, it is quite interesting how, how much of that learning subconscious has gone on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely. interesting. Yeah. And, um, All right. Um, uh, yeah, amazing. Thank you, everyone. Um, right. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's not really a point trying to wrap everything up because everyone's had different experiences. And it's not going to tie in with anyone else's experiences because everyone's had individual yeah. 
horrific and wonderful experiences in sort of slightly equal <laughs> measure, I guess. But um, yeah, it was it was. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and yeah, I think um, Rachel, I'll I'll send you a little email just to ask. Um, you know. If you